and I went to their shop. I think he thought I was kidding. I was like, yeah, I want to come in and buy like all your flesh and blood cards. And he was like, sure, sure. I just bought this wad of cash and I put it on the counter and he's like, oh, let me go get my boss. Hi all and welcome to episode, I think 33, I should have checked that. Episode 33 of the Win and End podcast. Uh, still no Gabe, but he will be with us on the next one for sure. But today I am, I'm your host, Eric Darren. Today I am joined uh, by a good friend of mine, another Vegas local here. Uh, you might know him as X Flesh and Blood X from the YouTube channel. You might know him actually with his like big Twitter. Uh, I, I don't know. How do, you, how do you say your Twitter name? Oh, uh, you mean my Instagram stuff? Oh, yeah, your Instagram stuff. Um, so, yeah. Touche Colt. T O U C H E K V L T. Okay. All right. Touche. Okay. Touche. Go. And then, uh, or you might just know him locally. I, I do as Philip. Yep. That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Uh, good. Like, you know, like I said, you saw a long weekend out in the Vegas heat, which is always, Oh yeah. it, it does a number. It does a number on you. But <laughs> it like, ages this, you. <laughs> yeah. And this weekend was definitely a lot cooler. We had, you know, like some of those record highs like a week ago. So I was, Super thankful everybody flying in and just having to be out there that I wasn't killing anybody on set. So it was good. Was yeah, good that was good. That's good. Yeah, because you are you do photography, correct? Yeah, creative directing. So I do a lot of commercials, music videos, photo stuff for publications, a little bit of anything that I get like fits like the visual creative sphere. Um, a lot of branded stuff, typically anything that has anything to do with the music industry. Somehow I get involved in for um, assets for album covers and stuff. So All right. Well, that is going to be covered uh, a okay. little later on here because uh definitely want to get into that because you're not that wouldn't be the typical career path i would say of a card game player so no, we'll have to all. definitely delve into that yeah. uh but first let's just talk about um what just happened we we're recording on monday this last like yesterday we had battle hardened salt lake uh which was a blitz battle hardened yeah um i know you play Blitz, you like Kasai on Blitz, right? I love, which I, which I do have my Kasai Blitz deck right here. <laughs> Very good. She's with, she's with me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I love yep. Kasai. Um, yeah. So you play Kasai. I play, I don't know, anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of anything, everything. I've been like an Ira, but um, yeah, the top eight, there was one Kasai. Yeah. Um, one Kasai did make it. It looks like there was no Ira decks that even entered. I was I was I was actually shocked about that. I was expecting a little more representation of Kasai as well. Right. Um, yeah. I, I definitely thought that you would see more because she was definitely one of like the boogeymen of the format. So I was a little shocked. Um, but can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she does consistently hit like a top eight in a big yeah. format. I mean, that's that's the the key word with her consistency. Yeah. She's probably the most. Um, but this battle heart is pretty fun. Because for the first time, and all the way going all the way to winning the whole thing, we see Vincent in the top eight. Which I was stoked. I was. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that list uh, in the CC format by Yanji and the Runaways, and it just it looked like exactly what a rune. Like I'm a rune blade lover at heart. It's like first and foremost, anything rune blade. I have a rune chant tattooed on me. Um, <laughs> Vincent at first, when it was when she was spoiled. I wasn't really certain of how she would do that list, mm -hmm. uh, especially the pummel viscer or uh, Vincent list to me yeah. just is looks fun. It looks fun and it plays very much in a way that I would have fun with playing. 
it, it's certainly a list to be respect. I mean, we see here at the at the Blitz, it, it took the whole thing, and yeah. luckily, like we got to see every top eight match that it had two chains and a Reinar, and it was able to to win through them all. Um, it's a list yeah. that deserves some respect for sure, especially the the ability to make um, the first instance of damage un un you know preventable uh, using all the. The what you call it cards the the annihilation the those ones um, yep. I mean they make them something to be a super force to be reckoned with. Deathly Whale is just honestly a monster of a card in that list yeah. too because you're just kind of almost always ending the turn with a rune chant or two. Starting the next one it's almost like nothing that you can't really get off. You can block with your whole hand, you know, throw something in the banish zone and still swing for something crazy with a handful of rune chant. So it's yeah. There there I mean, was a turn where Yanji just arsenal then passed and i was like oh yeah. the chains the chain gets it here and sure yeah. shit, it just came in like you said just block 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 came in with one card and then just dealt 10 damage I was like, yeah it's impressive it, it, it's really also it's because i i never looked at vincette in the instance of like um blitz i i don't, I don't know why um but <laughs> seeing the turns where it's like you know you mauve skies into like a deathly whale it hits and you create the rune chant and then you're playing another large attack with like envelope and darkness too. And you're like, you're throwing 16 to 18 points. Like, like that's like Reinar stats and it it's, is. and it doesn't need a blood rush bellow. It right. literally just plays. And if you end up with a pummel in there as well, it's just, it's just, it's wrong. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm expecting to see more of it. And if that list even develops even more and like, evolves even more to be kind of crazy to see what more can be pushed into that you know yeah definitely for sure i mean yanji's like the the runaway team has really uh really pushed and said um it's, yeah. it, it is interesting because i think a lot of people are just like what you said didn't look at it for blitz looked at it for cc yep but um there was a cc event on saturday it was uh the realm gaming brawl event yeah. 5k and yanji made top a on that but he was not on Vincent. Vincent. So it's interesting that um, they, they're the one that came out with the video, uh, but um, playing it in Blitz and it really worked out in Blitz. So I think, I think what the same reason that you look at Reinar and Kano in Blitz, when you start going, you've already taken 20 damage. The mathematics of uh, one of those turns from Vincent, again, where you're like mob skying into Deathly Whale into like, you know, the Annihilation, Destruction, Ruin, you know, the Awakening cards. Or another, or or another Deathly Whale with an envelope. You start looking at, it and you're like, you've thrown eight points of like Rune Chant damage, you know, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, a nine power attack and a six or a seven power attack coming at you. It's like, you you can only block so much from hand, you know. So mm -hmm. you know, and that's why you'll see the chains do so well with you know the husk comes out immediately and just yeah. you know eats up a whole one, which I mean it helps. So, but uh, it's really cool to see another Rune Blade come out that. I mean, I think has some legs. I think the Runaways have really shown that that, that deck has so much potential. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yep, yep. We had the the one Vincent to take it all. We had two Chains, two Reinars, a Kasai, a, um, a Kano, yeah. and then there's a Dash as well um, that made the top eight there. So, And also, congrats to you. You placed pretty well in the CC too, you know? I, I got... Just off the bubble, but... <laughs> yeah, just, just off the bubble, uh, the... the the most feel bad spot, I'd say, but no. glad I made it there. Uh, I got ninth on the 5K brawl. 
Um, I lost to the two Iras. I think there's three in total, but I lost two Iras or not Iras. Sorry, Lexi's that made it yeah, to yeah. the top eight. So one of them, me which, and Michael Fang. So which, which, which I mean, <laughs> you kind of just go. I'll, I take that. You know the the respect, yeah. but I mean again, just to get that you're consistently in there again. So it's like, you know, again, it, it probably isn't the best spot to land. You know, it feels bad, but you're there. You know, like yeah. you're you're at the fold. So you know you were. You definitely heard a lot of people's feelings with Icelander that day, I'm sure, too. So, <laughs> yep, yep. No, it was, I, I had no easy matchup that day. Three Lexis, two Drum Eyes in the mirror. So, um, no gimmies by a long shot. Um, but yeah, Icelander, I think she's just, I mean, she took it. K- Caleb or yep. Bajan Bay, you know, took yep. it the tournament, went undefeated the entire event. Um, was he undefeated Icelander. that day? Yeah, un- undefeated into top eight and then, you know, took it from there. So, it's funny, too, because like, you know, the last two or three battle hardens, Rhea has won with mm-hmm. Icelander as well. And the joke was like, this is a tier like C hero, but it's yeah. like, and no. I mean, <laughs> so how did you feel going against so many Lexis? Cause obviously, you know, Bracers was a hit, but somehow Lexi is still like a boogeyman yeah. as well. <laughs> she definitely is. And yeah, she's by no means like an easy matchup. It is very much more doable. Um, I did beat one of the Lexis. Uh, and that was no easy matchup. It was. Yeah. Uh, it's a very much doable now that they don't have that extra big turn. Um, I think if Michael Fang had that bullseye bracers in the finals, um, he would have been fine. He probably might have even took that game. So I think them losing that is what gives Icelander a chance. But Lexi is still just the probably the best aggro deck, just hands yeah. down. And what is she? She was she were most of them against you were just running no room gloves then just for the AB, yeah. I well, so Michael Fang, he had no ring gloves and the trench. And trench. Um, so uh, I've been seeing some trench get used. I saw one that just had shock charmers. Um, oh, and then, yeah, for the spell was, void. Okay. Yeah, for the spell void. And then were they all, were they on ice fuse? They no, they were actually well. So it was Isaac. Um, I don't know his last name, but he did make the top eight. Um, and I faced him before, and he has a very unique deck. He definitely crafts it himself. That's cool. Um, yeah, so it wasn't necessarily fused, but it wasn't uh, standard either. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I always see people with shock charmers when they're yelling, like, chilling ice vein. I, right. That yeah. seems like a little more normal for me to see. I like seeing Trench, too. Trench kind of came out and kind of settled almost as, like, the you'd play it over Tunic anyway, just, you know, one to duck the CNCs, now the widespreads, anything that's yeah. threatening arsenals, you know, you just kind of get to dip it, you know, which is good. Well, and then Warmonger Diplomacy is becoming such a played card, and Trench is one way to get away from that. It was like, yep. you know, so that's... Uh, yeah, War- Warmonger yeah. is, it, it's the Codex of Frailty of, of the new set. It just, it cracked. I remember seeing it, and I went to pick up a set of them when it was like seven bucks, and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then like literally the next day, it was like every battle hardened deck had it, and it was like, it's $23, and now they're like 50 mm. Yeah, it's it's insane. I remember I opened it. Um, I opened a case and I got like one. And I was like, it'd be a fun UPF card. And I got two. I was like, that's all I need now. And then I got three. I was like, great. <laughs> but now it's, it's blue blue block three costs zero. It's like and it's generic. It can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And a majority of decks, it does. It makes you make a choice. You know, it's not. It's 
it's not time walk, but it's the closest thing to a time walk I think Flesh and Blood has. Yeah, honestly, it, it really is. Um, and that's probably probably a good thing to have to just have something to slow down the aggro decks. Um, Especially the Lexis. The, mm -hmm. When you watch the Lexi, it's like even revealing with Lexi, flipping up a card, you, you have to choose what you want to do. Yeah. You know? So, yep. Yep. yeah, it, I, I saw another really unique instance uh, in the the Blitz thing that you were at at the realm where uh, someone was playing Shiana and played Shiana's new card mm. and pulled like um, the Reinar card. And we're like, well, does it get the benefit of discarding the six? Does it intimidate? Does it, or like right. uh, with, with Savage, uh, did, did it get to draw a card? It, the instance that you watch the judge walk over, kind of looking at the card and doing like the, damn, I'm <laughs> on stream right now about to make a call that I may not be correct on because it's an instance that, I mean, we knew the card existed, but I don't think anyone ever thought they were going to see it, and especially on stream, to like, oh, yeah. we kind of got to answer sure. quick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Tessa, uh, the only Shiana that learned yeah. uh, shirt. So it was cool to see. I am very stoked about uh, Shiana, where she can go. Um, I like it. Uh, let's she she can play Awakening, right, in, in Blitz, right? She plays Awakening, right? I think Awakening or endless Or fans. Endless Winter. Maybe Awakening is not banned anymore in the oldest. Oh, she can play Endless Winter though. Yeah, yeah. I think no. I think Awakening is Elemental, not um, a specialization. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, that's actually a pretty good transition uh, because the thing that is also going on right now is it's skirmish season. We are in the midst of skirmish season. Um, we have at least two skirmishes. Uh, more uh, here in Vegas, I believe. I think TK and Darkside are both having a skirmish. Um, is People's not doing a skirmish? People's had their skirmish, and it was a uh, pre-constructed blitz. Uh, I remember yep. that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, uh, but there is a lot of blitz going around. I mean, that's what you play in skirmishes. I love blitz. I love blitz. Yeah, blitz is, it's a great spot right now. I mean, yeah. it is so it's diverse. Fun. And it is, it's really fun. It's not like the old like Kano Blitz where it was like two, three turn max. It's yeah. there's you can get more than three turns in on a game. There's a lot of hero diversity out there. Um, yeah, it's a, fun, it, it's a fun time to show up with something you've wanted to try out too. Like, I mean, if I didn't obsess with Kasai, I would probably try the Vincent list, and I may even like. I'm actually oh, going to be in. See you played it. I can I, see I'm that. gonna I'm gonna be in Florida for some of it. Oddly. So I'm bringing stuff with me because I'm going to be in the studio, which will be another transition. Uh, but I, I'm going to be out there recording some some stuff. And I was like, well, I have to bring stuff with me because there's two shops out there that I can get to while I'm out there. So I actually really enjoyed the few times that I am traveling. And like there's I traveled during the RTN season and like played at a store in Albuquerque. Um, and I don't know, I, I kind of enjoy going to like stores I've never been in and playing events. Well, it's fun also when people don't know what to expect from you. Mm -hmm. Like they, mm -hmm. you, you walk into, you know, some people are like, oh, look at this random scrub showed up. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you're like, boom, boom, boom. And they're like, all right, random scrub just murked me. <laughs> but it's yeah. always fun also just to see how other people operate, how other shops are, their yeah. camaraderie, how they, it, it, it's always good. So definitely, I, I I mean, this community is pretty like awesome. Like I haven't really met a flesh and blood player where I'm just like, I never hope I see that guy again. So yeah, um, yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of good people. And uh, I was just with uh, Sean and John the other day and, you know, we were just talking life stuff. And I was like, I realized how many people I talk to more people from the flesh and blood community than I do to the people that I talk to before I played flesh and blood. It just becomes like my day to day 
um, like the aspects that we'll talk about about me that the people don't know, it doesn't come up in conversations, not a point of contingency for them to need or want something from me. So it's always good that they're just like, oh man, like, oh, you like that new Viscerai card? And I'm like, heck yeah, I do. And it's like, it's the simplest form about caring about a person on like the surface level without needing something for them, which is super awesome. And that's, that is cool. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. I think it's probably the way I made the most friends so far. Me too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It, it's, I, I have a card here. So my, if it's here, I don't know, maybe it's in my room. But I'm, I'm, I'm invited to my buddy Hunter's wedding. It's a guy that from San San Diego that I hang out with, like Josh and all them who host the AGE stuff. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, when his buddies get married, and you know, he sent you know sent me an invite to his wedding. I'm like, damn, because of flesh and blood, I'm be at someone's wedding. Like, <laughs> that's kind of wild, you know. That is so probably going to get something flesh and blood related for your wedding gift. I hope your wife doesn't mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a case uh, of yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's, this is a, it's a great game. Um, and then, yeah, as mentioned before, Blitz is a, is a great format. Um, it just allows multiple like skill levels to come and play at once, which is awesome. Um, I'm guessing you'll, you'll be taking, as you mentioned before, your Kasai deck that you have at the ready. Um, and I do, I do have the Vincent list built out and I'm play testing it with my, playing with myself. I'm play testing it with myself uh a little bit just to see and and the interactions seem fun the way it, the way it runs seems really cool so i can definitely see myself going flipping a coin when i go in there kind of and just going yeah. i'm gonna play whatever um but kasai is probably the deck i i would feel most comfortable with you know i've got a yeah. lot of reps in with a, a lot of a lot of good wins a lot of wins i probably shouldn't have gotten and now with a sideboard as you know oasis right. respite is definitely in my yep. sideboard because that was yep. really my only real bad matchup was Typically, you or Peter on on Kano was right, the ones right. where it, where it felt like every game came down to one of us has to have it, and we got there every time. And the Oasis in Arsenal with pitching a blue and A being two, and then and then respiting that ability changes everything. But up until being able to have a sideboard, it did it didn't make sense to run it main. I tried it twice, and it just it felt disgusting to have it when you when you weren't against Kano. Other yeah, than definitely. other than chain uh, with like a, a full Rosetta to stop a full Rosetta was never yeah, bad. Yeah, it does do good there. Yeah, yeah. but I didn't really like running a ton of AB. Too. I didn't like running a, a whole suite of AB against chain. I wanted to run maybe one at the most. You know, right? So. Right? Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, and I actually think if if there's like a deck to like test into, it's definitely Kasai. I mean, that's going to be like your best deck to test into because yeah. If you can beat Kasai, or if you know that's a that's a good notion, a good or gauge. at least yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a good gauge. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, the consistency. John, John out here, he was the one who really put me on her, and it changed the way I played a lot too. Like because I played a lot of aggro, no block, so like blocking was very uh, foreign to me at one point, and just learning that like you can block down and have like a single card in an arsenal with her and still really do some damage, get some copper, and you it really made me look at the value of the cards, like the block and defense value of a card and when sometimes it's worth it to eat a little more versus, you know, yeah. blocking out. Um, she is consistent. It's, and it's probably one of the better decks for people to learn on if they really want to up their skill level, I would say. I, yes. Yeah. Solid. I, I think her and Ira are like the two, like, yeah best ones to like really get into it and and like you said like it really does teach you things which i think yep. this kasai is great with um the fundamentals <laughs> yeah yeah the fundamentals are, are awesome yeah. on that um yeah so quick question on kasai uh, well first i want to just just make sure i i've been 
kind of tracking all my uh, guests' favorite heroes. Okay. I know classically your favorite hero is Viscerai. I'm just Viscerai. kind of curious. Is it still Viscerai? Yeah, still Viscerai. There, I think just the the lore, the look, everything about uh, Viscerai speaks to what in like fantasy role play, because I don't typically dip it. Like I played magic when I was younger, but I'm typically more like a cyber hacker nerd. So like that's why Netrunner always spoke to me. But anytime I would play Dungeons and Dragons when I was younger or magic, it always had something to do with some type of dark magic, you know, like gotcha. it just always felt cool. But Kasai, I never saw myself running warrior. I can't lie. <laughs> I, I, but then I, I even started liking Dory a little bit. I think Dory yeah. is kind of fun. She's, and I think with Dory, more so than any of them, I think I like the mental game, the mind trick of the bluff. It's yes. fun. And we've done it a lot at the tables where you're, I'll try to say things to make you think. You're like, shut up. Because I know <laughs> there's so much of that in it where like you have to kind of start playing poker with somebody and read their body language and go, I've seen that the way he sits like this before. And three out of four times he didn't have it. That's a bluff. That's his body telling, you know. So mm -hmm. there's something fun about the warrior in that. Definitely. I think you're absolutely right with that, by the way. I I get a lot, uh, or I hear a lot that like Dory is just too basic and like, um, there's just not a lot to her. And I just think like, you're just playing her wrong. Like cause yeah. with Dory, you are playing the actual person, not yeah. so much the hero the, the cards. Yeah. And like yeah. there, man, that's the other thing is, is I, I def me and me and Sean, we always joke around about, we'll play things super unconventionally. We'll attack away. We shouldn't attack, which will make another person who plays very by the book or like just like you know understands the best lines when you do that against somebody who's expecting a play pattern a certain way you make them step back for a second and go why would you do that and it kind of throws you off a little so being unconventional in a deck like dory i think is a, a strength also because i'm not always concerned with swinging twice i'm fine with swinging once and pumping twice keeping a counter and them going oh well shit i thought i was gonna eat the first one and block the second i'm like well, now, now you you held cards for nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cheyenne actually um, did that against um, a, a Kano player, Ryan. Um, she was playing Dory and, you know, attacked. And he blocked out, you know, thinking, okay, because it had to go again. But he yep. was like, okay, won't attack me now. And then comes in with the Command Conquerors. That she, yep. like, follows up with Command Conquerors. And it's like, yeah, if you play like that, like, you're going to really keep your opponent guessing where it's like, toes. Is it an attack coming now? Is it an attack reaction? Like, yep. what am I expecting here? And especially because some of the reactions will say your next attack, not even your next weapon attack. So whether you're on nourishing or CNC, we'll get the plus one buff. So blocking six now, now you basically have to block nine because if it hits one, you're done. Um, yeah, like even like uh, the hit and run, you come in after a swing with go again, then you, you hit and run, get the bonus to your next attack. And now you're with a CNC for eight, you know, it's like, well, that's not what I was expecting <laughs> or a nourishing. And if it's dominated eight or nine, it's not fun. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's, let's, uh, let's shift a little bit now. Mm -hmm. um, that's what's been happening this past week and weekend. Um, but now let's talk about your YouTube channel and what you yeah. do for, with the flesh and blood community. Cause you started, I remember you, I knew you right as you started doing the yeah. YouTube channel. Um, Cause I remember you saying like, I'm already buying all this, might as well start filming. Yeah. So 
yeah, and you know, you're at where you're at now. You do a lot of box openings. X Flesh and Blood X will have a link for it, uh, so people can check it out if they don't already know. Uh, yeah, just tell me a little bit about that. Well, how that gets started, and you know, what's going so, on with it. So I wish I'll always say this. I wish I'd have started a little bit earlier. So I had opened probably a hundred cases in the first month I was playing the game that I did not document at all. <laughs> and then as, as I was, uh, I forget what I saw. It was probably, it might've been fluke in box. It was somebody doing boxing case opening. I, no, it was Chris Cyrus. It was yeah, uh, Fab Unsealed. I remember boom, and I was like, yeah. I loved his energy. And I remember looking, I was like, he looks like the dude from Ragamuffin's hat a lot. Yeah. And then I guess, <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember seeing that and then remembering like all through covid watching like the jake pauls and everybody and the logan pauls opening pokemon and i didn't even collect pokemon but i'd catch myself watching these box openings and getting a little bit of that dopamine when someone's they're like oh you know the charizard and you're like yeah and you're like I didn't charizard but and it felt cool so I, I when i first came back into town i got into flesh and blood i went to ohio for a client i was shooting a commercial and like a mile away was a, a cool game shop and uh we, we went in there and i was i was trying to my friend who i grew up with uh came with me and we used to play magic so i was like oh maybe okay. we'll like buy some like magic you know we'll like draft and he didn't want to play magic he was looking to get a board game and then i was like we were looking for something i think he wanted to play key forge but they didn't have it mm -hmm. and then i saw all the flesh and blood stuff and uh I was like, oh, and they had just put out like the Monarch decks and something else. Uh, so this was yeah. like right as Everfest was coming out. And so I was like, oh, let's just get a couple of these starter decks. And so I was talking to the guy and he's like, oh, like, do you play Magic? And I was like, well, I used to. And I was like, you know, I like evil dark shit. And he was like, oh, you should play Chain. And then my friend gets, I think, Briar or Oldham. And we okay. sit down and we open up the box and I'm like looking for like the like the rules book. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like. I'm like, hey, how do you play the game? They're like, oh, there's like videos online. So I'm like trying to watch this video and Chain is definitely not the deck for someone to start off with. No. <laughs> so, and then some, thank God some guy's sitting there, he's cracking a case of Monarch and he's like, you know, looking for footsteps at the time. And we're just chatting. He's like talking us through what to do. And um, he's like, oh, I play this chick Prism. Like, you know, you should try that. It's kind of like White Weenie, but she can also be kind of defensive. And I was like, and I remembered seeing the art and I was like, oh, I actually like the way that deck looks. So yeah. we went up there and we tried And first of all, I'll say the shop wouldn't even let us buy this stuff. They just gave it to us. So we ended oh, up buying like dope. play mats. Yeah. They were just like, they'd rather have us play the game than like yeah. get the 10 bucks. So once we started playing, then I was like, I turned to my friend. I was like, Hey, you want to like buy a couple boxes? We'll split them. And so we bought a couple boxes and split them. And I pulled like a Corsham coal foil and then, um, oh. and then a Ram's head and everyone was like, dude, that's like a $200 car. So yeah. I was like, Oh, I love this game. <laughs> so as soon as I touched down back in Vegas, uh, I came out here and I found one distributor who had a lot of stuff. Um, and I went to their shop. I think he thought I was kidding. And I showed up with a ton of cash and I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, you have the flesh and blood. And they kind of were blowing me off They they didn't move a lot of flesh and blood is apparently what it was. They were way more into like Yu-Gi-Oh sports cards. So as I walk in there, I'm just like, yeah, like, sure, I'll take, I'll take it. And he's like, oh, well, there's like a lot of it. I was like, that's fine. And, and he was like, oh, and he's like, oh, okay. So then I was like, oh, I was like, I'm sure they deal with that. So I just put this wad of cash and I put it on the counter and he's like, oh, let me go get my boss. And uh, he comes over and I was like, and he was giving me prices by the box. 
And I was like, well, I feel like if I buy him by the case, I should get a discount. And he's like, yeah, we'll knock like 20 bucks off per case. And I was like, eh, we'll knock 30 off and I'll buy all of them. So I, I cleared out almost everything he had. And I just went home and was just opening, 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 opening. And I did that for about a week or two. And that's when I found Paul and I, I went to his shop. I think very similar, same thing where I was like, yeah, I want to come in and buy like all your flesh and blood cards. And he was like, sure, sure. And I come in there and he had a glass case full of them. I was like, I'll take that, 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 that. I was like, whatever you have. And we just started buying everything. And that's when I started filming. And I wish I could, because I had some really good uh, WTR cases where like, oh, yeah. you know, hitting heart, uh, tunic, like three or four legendaries in a case with a fable. Um, so sure, it's always the ones you don't record. And people are like, oh, I bet you hit that case. You know, it's so crazy. Um, but that's how it started. I just started doing it. And it was just fun. I think, I, I think the game was just at the point where the nostalgia of C like arc was still hard to get. And so was crew at the time yeah. for some reason. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I got my hands on a ton of it. So like those were the ones that first started popping off. And like, it was like, I would hit CNCs and you know, an I and a this and a that. And people were like, Oh, that's a crazy case. I'm like, is it, it didn't feel super crazy, you know, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then right. six months later, every fabled 500 bucks. And you're like, those were crazy cases. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you what I'm sh I'm sure everyone that that knows about you doing box opening has asked you, but uh, what's what's been the, the 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 dream card getting pulled? Like, what's the card that either you haven't pulled yet that you want to pull, or you did pull and it was just like this is it? Um, dream card for me to pull. Ooh, I mean, it would probably have to be. Cold foil arc shard from crew. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Just because it's viscerai. <laughs> so, right. That makes hit, total hitting, sense. Hitting that feels good. I think, it, well, anytime, especially in like where the prices are, when you start opening up, you know, WTR, arc, or crew in first edition, mm -hmm. you're like praying. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if not, if you get one of those where you're like, oh, cool, a common piece of equipment, yay. <laughs> It's just, mm -hmm. it's not going to feel good. Um, no. But so when you do, I, I've hit, I've hit a shard before. Uh, I would love to hit an eye. I think I've never pulled a cold foil eye. I think that would be super dope. And obviously the heart uh, oh, yeah. would be the greatest to pull. Um, but yeah, I, I think those, the only card I don't think I've actually ever pulled yet was I didn't pull the Marvel uh, CNC, the fabled CNC. Oh, right. And those That's are a, difficult one to hit yeah those Very are difficult. going near a thousand now it's crazy and even and oddly another card that i feel was i mean i opened i think the last count was like 32 cases of uprising and i hit i don't actually maybe i didn't i either no i hit um one uh the marvel icelander but it had a print line through it and it drove me crazy so i sold it and then bought one and i just justified <laughs> it as the same one but I, that card didn't turn up very much. And it didn't seem like it did. Yeah. And it was like 70 bucks. And I was like, yeah, that, that feels cheap. weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I absolutely agree with that. Um, yeah, so I don't see that you um, do alpha cases all too much. It's mm. like, yeah, it's it it's just... just it, it, well, one, I think... <laughs> it's, I mean, it's I think, a lot. Yeah, I just think, I, I think my, my financial advisor would kill me if i was doing them at the level i was doing everything else at 
Yeah. Um, so the, it, I spend a lot more money on my, so I run an agency and I shoot a lot of cinema stuff. So I have lenses that are more than very, very nice cars. And every time I'm picking something new out, they're like, just remember you have a full set of this that you swore you couldn't live without. I'm like, shh, this thing is, <laughs> it's just, it's like, I mean, when you really look at some of these lenses I have, I'm like, I've shot with that twice and it's literally like 75 grand. So at some point you have to hope that you start like a rental house and you rent them out to people or you're just a hoarder. Like, <laughs> but, um, so if I did both of them at the same time, yeah, they would lose their mind. And I, I, see. I just also feel that, uh, alpha cases at this point have hit a point where getting your, the return on that investment is so hard. Like I it's, see. it's almost not a win. I this, gotcha. The sealed price is definitely worth more. And I think, you know, having the one box of it sitting somewhere is probably where it'll stand for a long time, unless something happens. And they, I'm, I think it was at Worlds last year. I mean, they were 2000 a box and I picked up two, opened one, kept one. And I really, really, really should have bought more. I really should have bought. I, I bought some packs of it um, because the unfortunate thing was it was opened by the TSA. And that's I why saw, it was, I yeah. saw that from Inmax. <laughs> yep. Um, so I bought some packs and that was my, my thought too. It was like, I really wish I bought more. Um, yeah. Cause it's just one of those things where, I mean, it's, it's a lot like the stock market where you, you kind of have to know how to forecast what's going on and, the, the game being a player base is actually kind of cool because like when a card takes off that does well, if you can see it the night before and go, let me put in, let me get my play set first, it's a good feeling. And if yeah. like I've got four or five binders and like some 5K boxes full of just Majestics, it blows my mind how many Majestics are under a dollar. It blows right. my mind. Right. You'll, you'll open a box and get five Majestics and you're like, all right, so this box was worth $32. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like the way this feels. So yeah, there's some legendaries that aren't worth hardly a dime. So it, 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 the one that strikes me the most uh, is Cornet's Peak because it's a staple in Icelander, but yet it's still like 20 bucks. Yeah, I just true. don't understand how that card is a must have in that deck that is beating everything. And it right. hasn't done what like even Storm Striders or Mask of Momentum when Phi was cracking and being like, it should double or triple in value off of that alone. Right. Typically yeah, I got, how it goes. I have a uh, a stamped one from the oh, draft. That's cool. And yeah, it's, it's very, very cool. I wouldn't look this up, but you know, even when you own cards, you kind of just want to know the value. So you yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, it makes you justify the purchase that on some. It does. Cards. It does. Because yeah. yeah, a lot um, of this, if, if all this went to zero, we'd all be like, uh, this is not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. But with that card, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, let me let me look up. And then once I saw how cheap the Cornette's Peaks were, I was just like, so what? Maybe like $40 is the yeah. max I can get out of this? It's like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the one card that befuddles me all the time when you start looking at cards that do well in decks that are at the top of their meta. I mean, I mean, there are, there are Majestics from Everfest that shit on its value. And it's like, how does that happen? You know? But, <laughs> right. Yeah. On that note, um, now that we've just kind of bounced around all these different sets here, I'm kind of curious what has been the set that you've enjoyed opening the most and what has been the least enjoyable? Uh, Least enjoyable would probably be Dynasty. 
I feel like okay. Dynasty and Outsiders is the set that you open and, and just almost never feels good EV wise. Like your your uh, value yeah, back on I, it. I get that. Yeah, like and but the funny thing about Dynasty is you can mess around and hit something crazy and change <laughs> that whole tone. But I feel like ninety percent of the time you're opening it, you're still under your EV. You're just still mm. under it. You know. Right. Right. Uh, best I there's something about crew. Crew first edition specifically, it just always feels really good. Um, and I, I think in time, I think that set's value will creep more than any other set. Because when you just look at the print run numbers, there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of it. Even even oh, when it was out and you could get it, you almost couldn't get a sealed case from any distributor. It was like, we'll give you two boxes a month. And they triple these allocations. And this is a game very much so, especially as like anybody who cracks cases, boxes, or collects. Buying single boxes never feels like the move. It's always, I want a sealed case. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's, so crew, crew is probably one of the better ones. Um, Dyna, or Outsiders, oddly, though, uh, was one of the first sets, though, that had the Majestic slot that felt great. The Majestics had value for the, like, the first they time did. it felt like. They did. Where yeah. you'd hit something. Like, I mean, if you pulled, you know, uh, Codex of Frailty, you were like, when you were moonwalking across you, your house, you made the box back. Yeah, and yep. so see, and and that the new this newest set with Dustal Dawn. That's when you hit a warmonger, you're like, all right, I'm good. And then that I, but I will say, I think this was the set that the the legendary prices tanked the fastest, where it was like literally overnight, a card was one fifty, then it was twenty. Right. Like right. Carapace, even in Rainbow Fall, I thought would for sure be 50 plus bucks. No, $20. Yeah, it's insane, that one. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a good card. Like, some of the ones I get, but even, uh, like, uh, this, what is uh, the Flesh Bag? Yeah. I just, like, that's more than a $20 card, too. I can't help but feel. Again, it's a staple. It, yeah. it, and it's probably the, that's probably the best piece of equipment that's been printed in a bit. It changes the fundamentals of not only how brute runs, but how you play against a brute player with that in their slot. You, right. Yeah. Like any of these decks, whether it's like the chain, the Vincent, anybody who is looking at their hand, they're mapping out the entire play. It goes out the window. It <laughs> it's pulse wave harpoon while you're attacking me. It's yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it. I just can't fathom that card being twenty dollars. <laughs> and it blocks it's just so wild it is interesting because it's that kind of that classic debate um that happens where it's collectors versus players um and where in the beginning the collectors really ran the market and now it's it's more into the players running the market yeah and i mean and i think even though like you know scaling fleshbag is a must for a brute in general whether you're Leviah, kaya yeah. or reinhardt um it's the fact that Reinhardt just isn't putting up results. Uh, Leviathan is, but yes. not as much. Um, and so, you know, it's more in just that territory where, well, just because this isn't getting played, despite this being a good card in mechanics yeah. wise, despite this being a legendary as far as like rarity wise, it yeah. has this like cap on a price. Yeah. And I, and I think some, I think the, who was it? Is it, um, it's Man Sant's team. Uh, is that the Runaways also? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. Well, maybe I, I. I don't know what Man Sant if he's on the team or in what team that would be. 
because I, I I think he is because I think he put he built that deck with it was was it it was with Michael Hamilton, but it wasn't Wolfpack. He's he's not Wolfpack. Yeah, okay. I, I thought maybe he was with Runaways, but he did he did work with Michael Hamilton for sure on or they or he at least discussed with Michael Hamilton on the Leviathan deck. Yeah, yeah, is that what you're so, talking so, about? Yeah, and I I think if because that deck is good. I think it's gotten mm-hmm. so it's got a lot of potential. It finally gave Leviathan a way out, which I think it yeah. It, which power crept the shit out of her. Uh, and, uh, but I think if that deck does well, that card has to see an increase. And it'll be the card that you go, man, I wish I'd have bought my copy already, which yeah. I, really, I, I, yeah. I made sure I picked mine up. Um, got this one fly trying to get me right now. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting because the actual Leviathan redeemed or the shadow, uh, that, that actually holds value. Yeah. Um, and, but that's again, a must have, but so it's interesting that that holds value, but yeah. can only be played with Leviathan versus the Scowling Flesh Bag. <laughs> and that, that makes that conversation get weird. And the only thing, so I feel like that card is as rare to pull as the Emperor was in mm. the marble slot. Uh, yeah. But I, I think there's just something, whether you ever wanted to play Leviathan or not, I think that there's something like uh, that feels like redeeming about that card that feels like, you know, you know the ostracized, the underdog card came out the art to it is great i believe steve argyle did that it's utterly gorgeous uh the marble treatment is just insane so i feel like that formula for that card having a value but it is funny that it retains such a significant value and it can only be run by one hero yeah yeah Uh, you know it was it was a good answer though it was good like you said yeah we put her back up we can't predict them all (laughs) yeah uh yeah all right um yeah, so how my last question with the the channel, um, me personally, I have been enjoying this new uh, set as far as opening wise. Uh, how's it been as on your end? Um, I I feel like it feels good when you open it. Whether it's for me or I'm doing box breaks for somebody, I just I have maybe had one case that I open where it probably still went flush EV wise with what they spent, but I feel like everything felt like. Uh, even after some of the dip in prices, you were still getting there. So it, 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 you didn't feel like you lost anything. I think you still felt like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I would have bought those singles anyway. Plus I have a ton of bulk now and other stuff to trade. So it, it feels good. I think anytime when I'm like, here, here's what the box got. And like, I'm like shifting things around on the mat to show how much stuff got hit feels good. You know, like yeah. the, whether it's me or somebody else going, oh man, I hit everything I wanted. It, it, it seems to give up the ghost a lot. Like you're always hitting something. So which yeah. I think is a good yeah. formula for, for the, you know, the 2.0 for them is being able to give a little more, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I still will always say, I feel that the pre-release boxes are always seated so much better. What I opened they some are. of the pre-release stuff and it was like 10, 10 or 11 Majestics in the box. They and I was absolutely like, are. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's not <laughs> a real thing. And then you open the right ones, you're like six or seven. You're like, that feels more normal. You know? Right. Yes, yes. No, I 100% agree. I remember when you first brought that up with like outsiders, and I was like, yeah, it does feel that way. And then, yeah, it felt that way with this set for sure. In, um, uh, what's the one? Um, oh my God, with Fi and everybody. I'm like totally uh, Uprising. Uprising for sure. I had two cases we opened side by side that were mapped almost identical. Like same uh-huh. legendary, same Marvel Dragons. And that's when the little group of us from San Diego, we, I was like tinfoil hat theory. And I was like, 
what if these never went through a correlation machine? They got chopped down on the sheets and then they realized and they said, well, we don't have time to unwrap them all or resort them all because the, the premieres were already set. The venues were already booked. It was already behind. They said, look, everyone's going to open a lot of really good stuff and it is what it is. It'll make people love the set more. And maybe the response to it, and they're like, hey, well, how about our first 10% for any pre-release? We make sure that they're they're kind yeah. of beefed up a little bit because it mm -hmm. it get, Cause when you're breaking a box down across a whole pot of like, you know, six players or eight players and everyone can kind of open something cool, it feels great. It doesn't feel good when only one person hits something and everyone's like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now uh, we got this new Bright Lights coming out of a full mechanology set. That's I got to cool. imagine, I got, I'm going to uh, speculate here. You tell me if, if I'm wrong or right, but I got to imagine that kind of, takes you kind of take a hit on that because if you're opening just the same like mechanologist card over and over time yeah 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 so i heard i heard uh, a unique idea uh about the expansion slot um that they might use that similar to what magic does with the list slot and that right. might be where we start to see some of the older cards reinserted which the collector in me goes, oh, God, please don't do it. But the player in me goes, oh, that's awesome. You know, like, because mm -hmm. like, oh, if this is your chance to hit a CNC, awesome. Congrats for you. Yeah. Like, I, th I think it, I think that that's not a bad thing to implement. And I think a set like an all mechanologist set would almost need something like that. Because if you don't, sure. if you're not a dash player, what's your, what's your incentive what's to buy point? bright lights? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. none. Like I look at it and I don't play dash. So when I'm looking at it, I'm like nah you know but yeah right but the collector in me is like you're gonna crack 10 cases of it you know like you're gonna get your play sets of everything but now if there's a list slot and i'm opening up and all of a sudden i hit a tunic or i hit a cnc and i go oh uh go ahead and order 10 more because who knows what comes in that slot you know because yeah. magic has done some crazy things where uh like the what was like dominary remastered there was like old legends cards inserted in packs and there was rumors way 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 long ago that like some power nine was reinserted in some packs years ago mm. i know tops has done it in sets where they bought they did it was called buybacks and they bought back old cards from 85 and inserted them in like the 25th anniversary with a stamp mm. on them and you're like this could have been my card when i was a kid that somehow got bought back from a card shop and reinserted right. in a pack it was so if if they get to that uh i think that'll be good for the hobby as a whole you know yeah i agree i agree yeah. I, i'm i'm for it i'm still waiting for you you know the companies that do like the repacking of like the pokemon cards and it's like you get them at like walgreens or whatever they're like come in a special box it's like one graded card guaranteed all this i'm waiting for the i think it's like the fairchild group i'm waiting for them to do that with flesh and blood and it's like you could pull they'll, they'll insert like alpha packs in them so like you'll, you could buy a bot this little pack for 20 bucks and like a Walgreens and it could have like a first edition shadowless Pokemon pack where it's a thousand bucks in it and all these cards. So I'm waiting for someone to go, Hey, we're just going to crack these boxes that we have and all these loose packs and whatever, and start randomly inserting them in these, like, you know, essentially gambling packs, you know, right, I would, buy, right. I would buy some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would definitely buy some. They're, They're, fun. For the They're definitely fun for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think the, the last thing I just want to talk to you about is, um, is you yourself. Um, when I first met you, uh, funny story, like I remember you talking like I should, uh, get 
uh, Jake Paul or Logan Paul to to do some flesh and blood. And I went home thinking, like, okay, like, whatever. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I got to know you more and more and, like, realized that, like, uh, you're, you're pretty well connected. You're, yeah. you're definitely within the web of, like, knowing quite a bit of people. And then I started thinking, I was like, Maybe he actually does. You no, know, like... So Sancho, the manager of Team 10, is one of my really good friends. They, yeah. they used to come to our house and swim. Like <laughs> they have it, they have it in some time, like since since like the boxing thing, since they got really, really on their shit. Right. But right. like when they were doing Team 10, they were at our house all the time. All the time. <laughs> so but yeah, even between yeah. that, like even like the post Malone, like Dre and Dre and I are super cool. So like I've been on his music video sets. Uh working on stuff uh i've seen videos of him online singing my old bands and like my friend's old band so it's kind of a wild thing to like be in what up what up my sister and her dude just got here too um, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a podcast right now <laughs> um but yeah so it's like really really weird to like be connected to those people whether it's the music industry whether it's you know like the apparel industry from years ago like i feel like everybody who's a mover and shaker or like a socialite always ends up in the same place okay okay yeah that, that's what i was going to kind of ask about is like the like the social aspect of it because yeah. um you know we we both know peter budensick yep peter budensick i would say is like the flesh and blood version of you um <laughs> do, do you know what i mean by that yeah, yeah he's yeah. like a, he's a he's a go-getter he's a he, yeah. he likes making the relationships the networking yes yes and he's very very good at it and you know, what I've come to realize, especially within um, Flesh and Blood, is that most people are actually extremely approachable. But I was yeah. kind of curious if that's what your take on it was or how you kind of, um, I guess, like how you establish those sort of connections. So for me to break it down without doxing myself or giving right. out my age yes, too yes, much, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I started off, I was uh, just writing and managing for bands when I was younger. And then it got to a level where I was managing and writing for like some of the biggest bands literally in the country, like the Metallicas of our generation. And um, I'd always played in bands when I was younger, usually a little more like heavier, hardcore stuff, which, you know, people like as as used to be in like a bunch of like crab core, hardcore bands. So there's a handful of us running around. But um, uh, I ended up one day on one of the tours just going like, hey, you know, I'm going to go home and write an album. I think I want to be back in a band. I was like, having all this success and, you know, made all these relationships at the labels and all my band friends were like, dude, go home, start a band. Like we'll all go on tour. And within like six months of going home and like writing demos, we were being flown all over the world by every record label trying to sign us. And I was like, Oh, this is really going to happen. And once you're there and you're, you know, you're headlining warp tours or you're playing leads in Reading festival, everybody wants something from you. So mm. the ability to make relationships, um, is really easy because like who doesn't want to help the dude from like a band they listen to that's like on you know mtv or much music they're like right oh he needs to know like we're a vegan restaurant is i'm gonna take him there. i'm gonna pay for it and you're just like no just like you know put like the amount of people that would come in like i used to collect garbage fill kids as a kid and i would okay. be in japan and they would bring me ones that i didn't even know existed and then <laughs> I, so then I, I was learning to use google translate to speak like portuguese when i was going to brazil and i'm like do you have gang Liho and like you know pendula basura like <laughs> It was super weird, but um, for them, it's like anybody ever came up and was willing to help me. I was like, hey, look, you know, I'll get you and all your friends in any of the merch you guys want. You guys want to come backstage, you want to be on stage. It was such an easy currency for me to get because they just wanted they wanted the friendship. They wanted the relationship. And I'm 
always been approachable. I, I love people. I like seeing people smile. So if they're like, oh, God, I wish I could get into your show. I just can't. I'm like, oh, well, here, I'll put your name on the list. Who, how many people do you want? And they're like, can you do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, we can kind of do whatever we want. This is like, our <laughs> so I made a lot of relationships that way that always carried into everything. And like when I was done playing music for a while, I was like, you know, like our management was like getting us these deals with like Hurley and Atticus and Macbeth for clothing. And I was like, oh, their stuff's cool, but like they're not like edgy enough. And I was like, what if we help design this stuff and we get a portion of the sales? And all of a sudden, then I got introduced in that world. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm working at Karma Loop Creative Directing and Designing. And you're like, damn, just because like one idea, now I'm over right. here. And when when you're in charge of like some of like the coolest clothing brands at the time, everybody wants something. You're like, hey man, like that's a really limited hoodie that Bape's doing with only a hundred of them. And I'm like, uh, I can maybe pull you one, like, you know, so just kind of always leveraging your access to like who you are. But I think so many people mess it up by buying too much into themselves and trying to be as exclusive as the thing that you're a part of instead of just going, well, dude, like, why wouldn't you want to be a conduit and link the people up? You know, like if, sure. if I have a relationship that's good for you, like I, let's loop an email, let's loop a phone call. If it's good for you, it's good for you. And then Who's not going to go, yo, that was super cool of Phil to like link. Like, it's just, it's simple. Definitely. I mean, we, we had a, like a interaction Similar. ourselves yeah. with the, the battle hard in LA. You were able yeah. to hook us up with the, the guys who run it. Cause you yeah. know, the age event guys and yeah. we were able to get a booth there because yeah. of it. So, it, and, and that, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's the, it didn't take anything from me. Nobody, I, I didn't come out in a loss. So like, but mm -hmm. there are people who would still go, nah. And I'm like, but why, like, why wouldn't you want the people around you to succeed and, and have access to the cool shit you have, you know? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt the relationship was good for y'all. It was good for them. Like there was no loss in it for anybody. Definitely. So I don't need to I mean, keep it. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think, I think a lot of people, at least in this community, it's so far seeming a lot of people are willing to be that conduit. Oh yeah, absolutely. It doesn't seem like people are standoffish. Yeah. Flesh and blood is definitely different than almost any other community I've been a part of, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's Magic, Netrunner, and there, there's the the form of elitism that happens in Flesh and Blood is still at like a a proud level. It's not like a holier than thou level. It's still like a mm -hmm. I can still come to you and ask you for tips on my deck, and you're still going to give it to me. You're still going to yeah. I go, hey, do you want me to explain to you what you could have done that might have been better? Which you've done to me numerous times. I said, hey, oh, if you'd have done this, you might have won. I'm not going to tell you in the moment because you know, <laughs> right, right. that type of thing where, you know, I remember when I first met you and I saw your name on like the list of players. And I was like, this dude's like the number three or number two in the country. And I remember saying something to you. I said, oh, well, we were playing draft. And I went, well, I hope I don't end up against you. And you said, no, you should, because that means you're doing something good. And I was like, you're right. If I end up against you, it means that I've worked my way to a great player. And, um, and you've always been able to go like, Hey, like, Oh, well you should do this instead of that. And if I go, well, why, instead of just going, just cause you'll break it down and explain it. And that's the thing of uh, even the people that are sitting at the top of the tables are still so accessible because you love the game. You love the community. So it's yes. like, you want to see it. You don't want to play the same 10 people that you just dog walk every time. So you right. go, you want the competition. You want it to be good because then it makes you better, you know? So absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And then, well, and then I'm, I'm also taking a page out of, of your book and out of Peter's book too, with this podcast deal, because 
you know, sometimes you you, you see the, the big names and you're just like, oh, they'll not want to interact with me. They they will not, you know, they won't give me the time of day. They will. And you just go based off of like what you perceive of them, not yep. what the actual reality is. Yep. And so with this podcast, what we started doing, you're our third, fourth guest, third, fourth guest. Um, I'm just going to go start asking people. Dude, you, you, going, yeah. you should because like at the end of the day, anybody who's doing this, they're content creating, they're playing. Everybody like it'd be like me when I was in a band, like a magazine feeling they couldn't hit us up. I'm like, well, we all want press and publicity. We all want to talk about this thing that we love. And it is easy to go like, oh, man, like I don't know if he would take a phone call from me. Well, why not? You know, right. yeah. <laughs> especially at the point where I don't I don't. I don't think I could name a single player that solely only does flesh and blood for a living. So it's right. not like you're not hitting up, you know, Massey, you know, from, you know, playing soccer, you're not hitting up Michael Jordan where they're like, look, dude, you know, I need some credentials. So the game is still in that infancy where like people are just so, so stoked to talk about it. They would, and the fact that you're, you're a knowledgeable player, you're a, you know, a ranked player. You like, they know that they can say certain things to you and you know exactly what they're talking about you're a great person for anyone to talk to about it. Cause you're not just going like, Hey, I don't even know what this is, but like, I hear it's cool. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's no, not no. like you're just like mongering for like someone else's plays. You're like literally you're doing research and you're finding out the intricacies of that person. So it's like, we all want that. We all want to be like, Oh man, like here's a chance for me to tell people, you know, like I rescue cats you know, or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's, that's part of it too, actually, because, um, we do plan to have some of the um, like the big pro names on, but um, what we started with is like we had Max Ferocity from the cosplay community. Yeah. I don't know much about cosplay. I mean, I know of it, yeah. but like that's I'm kind of using this podcast as an excuse to learn a little bit as well. So that's cool. like of the different people. So that's why with you, that's why I was like, I want to know like how the connections came about because yeah. I that's what fascinates me on it. Yeah, it it is always funny. Like, like any time I end up in something and I start, I had it happen this weekend where I thought I was going to fight a guy on set, (laughs) oddly. And we were, he's like, I know you from somewhere. And I'm just always like, Oh, God, here we go. And then it turns he brought up a name of somebody I grew up with when I was young, that is literally like the biggest songwriter. He's like the number three songwriter in the country right now, like any hit you've heard on the radio, he's done. And he was like, oh, and he's like, I sent him a picture of us together and he's like freaking out. And I'm like, I haven't talked to that dude in 12, 13, 14 years. So then all of a sudden, then that guy texts me and we're just right. all morning been chopping it up. And it's funny. He's like, you were always so supportive of me. You used to let me come to the studio and like learn how to record. And I was like, well, I'm glad, like, I didn't know you were going to turn out to be like the, like <laughs> the guy writing everything for everybody. But his impression he left was, was like, man, if I wouldn't have had that, I might not have moved to Nashville and done that. And I'm like, well, I, I was joking with my sister this morning about it where I was like, cool, because I'm going to record new stuff. And I'm like, awesome. Well, if you want to say thanks, just go ahead and have some songwriting sessions with me. <laughs> Give me a number one single. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, that'd be so cool. No, oh, man. I, I hope it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Well, I, you know what? I, I, I try to hit the hour mark and I didn't feel like it'd be that hard with you. You're a great guy to talk to, easy to talk to as well. I'm a talker for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. This is great. This has been a good podcast. Um, is there, before I close it out, is there anything else you want to say or? I mean, I just, I, I, I was, I love this community, man. I think, I think everything about it is awesome. I hope that this can, can continue to grow. I hope, you know, I can go to a ton of events and meet a ton of people. Uh, hope to be stepping up my content as well. I don't want to be, 
breaking boxes. This is probably actually the first time anyone on the internet in flesh and blood has actually seen my face. They, they're yeah, probably I, I, that's all I was wondering. They're probably yeah, they're seeing this opening yeah. boxes. But um, <laughs> that's why when I go to Worlds, it, it was funny because like Zach Bunn, like we were talking for a second and he was like looking at me and he goes, you're ex flesh and blood X. And I was like, <laughs> you know, but, and then Cam Sack also, you know, Hamish. And it's just funny. And you start to look at how many people uh, like they'll watch that and go like, I have no clue who this guy is though. You know, like who is this tattooed maniac? But um, yeah, I just hope that everyone continues to be awesome to each other. I hope this game continues to grow and that I can become better and better and play more and more like my, my schedule with stuff sometimes doesn't allow it, but I'm always going to try to play it, whether it's, you know, super competitively or just, you know, fun at the armories and stuff. I, you know, and I have a ton of stuff. If anyone wants to get in the game and doesn't have a ton of money, I have a stack of 5k boxes taller than they should be. Come sort stuff, come pull stuff, whatever you guys want. And you can hit me up whenever and take whatever you want. You do, you do box breaks every now and then too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Box, yeah, box breaks, case breaks, whatever, do whatever. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for yeah. being on. Good. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Yeah, definitely. And then thank you to the viewers for watching. Um, yeah, this has been a great episode. Mm -hmm. And until the next time, All right. on with that. Thank you, man.